Welcome to Construction Cashflow. I'm your host, Stu Davidson, and if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. The way construction works right now, we are democratizing it in a way that it has never been done before. Artificial bottlenecks, that's what's happening in construction as well. People with the ability and the intent to deliver are not being allowed to deliver on the projects. Contractor bankruptcies, misuse of funds in supply chain, money not reaching at the bottom of the chain, uh, unforeseen revisions coming up. I would kind of like to stick out for the main contractor over here as well. They don't have to worry about uh, subcontractor calls on Friday evenings for not being paid. Main contractors can really, really supercharge their growth. Uh, the maximum they they did last year was half a million of construction. Now they do, they are doing half a million a month. The developers are good at cash management. They are good at raising money. Uh, they are not good at construction. Contractors are good at construction, but money management isn't their best skill. That the money is coming from the developer, the day it's released from the developer, it will re hit their bank accounts directly. So they keep on working on the project for longer because they have the security of payment. The main contractor, subcontractor can add a payroll provider down the chain as well. So the payroll provider can actually see the money is going to come in from the developer direct. In this show, we ask our guests to tell us their story. Tell us a little bit about their background, how they got to where they are today, how they develop their product, their services, their ideas. And we discuss how that can affect construction cash flow and other areas of construction. And also to give us an idea of how we might make things better and give you a few tips and ideas to take away with you. And listen to the end where you'll find out more about them, more about our guests, about what motivates them, what inspires them, and hopefully that'll inspire you too. And always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. In this episode, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Nishan Singh. Nishan is a serial entrepreneur and problem solver. He's founded multiple companies within the construction supply chain and knows full well the problems of late payments and cash flow problems. He's got a keen interest in finding solutions for this problem and this is something that we'll discuss in this episode. So without further ado, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Nishan Singh. Hi Nishan, uh, it's really great to have you with us today. How are you? I'm doing great, Stuart. How about yourselves? I'm great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how things have gone with you. So tell us um, about your story 
Nishant, you know, the, the challenges, the, the ups and downs, the journey, if you like, from how you got to where you are today. Because I know you're an entrepreneur by background and you're developing new products and services and ideas. So, yeah. So over to you, Nishant, you know, let, tell, us, um, tell us your story. Well, yeah, uh, Fazal, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, it's a really, really long story. I don't know how to put it shortly, but let's try. Let's try. Uh, See, so yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur uh, and I have worked in the real estate industry. I have made multiple companies uh, that I have profitably exited out of uh, in home automation, elevators, lifts. And yeah there were there were some problems that i used to face in those companies which i'm solving uh now which essentially is that we are protecting everyone in a construction supply chain in terms of money so that we are protecting the developers we are protecting the subcontractors and my journey till from where i was till this has actually been uh of facing these problems myself so so mm -hmm. it's it's really nice and uh, it's really fulfilling that i'm working on something that has been my own problem and i can see that uh, across my journey i can see that it was everyone else's problem as well so yeah uh if i talk about the journey of uh Enfund, which is the platform that we are building right now and which is actually operational. Uh, construction is not easy. Construction is not easy. And the journey uh, in construction, especially for me, has been of a lot of learnings. Uh, and that's, that's like observe, listen, and then move forward. It is a problem, and one of the reasons I started construction cash flow because I recognised that cash flow is the key, one of the key issues in construction. It's one of the ones that leads to delay, and uh, it chokes wealth creation. And quite often, that cash flow doesn't get to the place that it needs to get to in the supply chain when it needs to get there. That tends to choke the system as well. And as the supply chain is made up of many, many, many small businesses, it affects small business owners, their families and the community as a whole. So it's amazing that you're in this line of work, that you're looking to support the cash flow in, in construction. So tell us a bit more uh, about MFund, uh, what it does and who it's, who's it for? So MFund is a platform. Uh, which helps developers, general contractors, and subcontractors be safe uh, and keep their money safe while they're working on a project. Uh, it essentially helps uh, contractors and subcontractors grow 10x uh, with limited or no need of working capital. So, uh, and it helps developers protect themselves from a lot of risks like uh, the contractor bankruptcies, misuse of funds in supply chain, money not reaching at the bottom of the chain, uh, unforeseen revisions coming up. Uh, yeah, so it, it kind of protects the contractors as well. They don't have to worry about 
uh, subcontractor calls on Friday evenings for not being paid uh, because there's a lot of transparency in using the end system itself on the supply chain. So essentially, it it kind of is the backbone of uh, money movement in uh, construction projects, which which is kind of protecting uh, everyone in the supply chain. Uh, and probably uh, we can move forward and look at it uh, later down in the talk from everyone's perspective and every problem's perspective, uh, as in how it uh, helps and how it works. Uh, yeah, but we we have had an amazing launch, um, and the traction has been amazing for us. That's fantastic. And what? So, what would you say? So, how does N N Fund uh, actually achieve that? How does it protect uh, the cash flow and advance the cash flow in construction? So, yeah, if you if you just think of a supply chain wherein there is a developer, a main contractor and subcontractors, uh, there would be payment requests that a contractor pr provides to the developer and then the developer would kind of create a payment certificate after checking all the work and the invoices and pay the main contractor. Uh, this system is opaque as once the main contractor has been paid, uh, there is no no view of where that money is going. Uh, and what Enfund does is it, it has incorporated all these payment requests uh, and payment certification into a very, very transparent system uh, that integrates with accounting. So what we do is on the, on the Enfund platform, the main contractor can upload uh, a payment request with a complete breakdown of the subcontractors as well. And when the developer approves this payment request, they can actually see who, which main contractor will be paid what and also pay them direct using the platform itself. So the contractors get a chance to kind of differentiate themselves and say that, hey, I'm giving you complete transparency and control over how your money is reaching down the chain. Uh, and the developer is getting this control and transparency over money moving down the chain. Uh, and this is actually beneficial for both these parties. Uh, and that's what the system does. It gets the subcontractors paid, gets paid direct from the developer based on this payment requests that go on the platform and the certifications that happen on the platform. And they have all the subcontractor data built in, built in uh, to it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially what the platform is. Uh, by doing this, we are actually solving a lot of problems and eventualities that may arrive, uh, which can we can go uh, deeper into later on. Yeah, because I, I, I know as a, a client's Q, from a client's QS perspective that, yeah, once a main contract is employed, you can't really see what's going on down, down the chain. There's a contractual war there. And if I'm responsible for the budget, I want to have control over the money flowing down the line, but that's kind of um, uh, passed on to the contractor. 
and yeah. and sometimes you you then relying on the contractor who's got his own agenda of making profit uh, to and he's not his interests are not necessarily sticking with the budget his interests are making sure that he makes a profit but my interest would be to make sure we're delivering within budget so if I can't control the cash down the line uh, then and I can't see the cash I can't see where it's moving and I can't see that there's any problems till the last minute then a system like N Fund would be very useful if if I was representing a developer and managing that process. Yeah, definitely. But I would kind of like to stick out for the main contractor over here as well. Uh, my next 10 projects that are in pipeline uh, with GDV of over 80 million, uh, they, they have been brought in by the main contractors. And the reason for that is main contractors can really really supercharge their growth using Anfund. if i take an example of uh, one of the main contractors that's doing a scheme of 64 flats right now uh, the maximum they they did last year was half a million of construction now they do, they're doing half a million a month on Anfund. that's how supercharged uh company can be if they use and fund so essentially if if you are a main contractor and you're going and bidding for a project uh, there are two things that will affect your winning the bid one is your ability uh, in terms of delivering delivering the construction and second is the ability to manage the funds and with Anfund, what happens is all that matters now is your ability to deliver the construction, the quality, uh, the actual uh, development. And we take the entire fund element out of it, uh, where you don't have to worry about money anymore, uh, which will be paid direct by the developer. And as you already said, developers would love it. And you as a developer as QS would love it. Uh, what we are doing is helping our main contractors kind of increase their turnover by five to 10 X in a single year. How does that increase the, how does that scale the business? How does that, in, that do the 10 X? So let's assume you're a main contractor. Okay. Uh, if you had to, uh, fund the construction yourselves and then, uh, go back to the developer to get paid every time. Okay. Uh, you would end up being reliant on your own books. And that's not something that we want any uh, main contractor to do. The developers are good at cash management. They are good at raising money. Uh, they're not good at construction. Contractors are good at construction, but money management isn't their best skill. So what, the way we are doing it is uh, the main contractors can uh, as I said, just create payment requests on the platform, which go to the developer. And when the developer accepts, the subcontractors can see the money is going to come direct from the developer. This kind of pacifies the main, uh, the subcontractors, even if the money coming in is coming late. So even if, in a, even if they are not paid for say 15 days after the due date, a lot of times the subcontractors would assume that the main contractor is not paying them 
but with nfund they can clearly see that the money is coming from the developer the day it's released from the developer it will hit their bank accounts directly so they keep on working on the project for longer because they have the security of payment and they can see that whatever uh, the hold up is in terms of paperwork or in terms of anything else from the uh, development funder up the chain uh, it's not actually people holding on to their money they're still going to be paid so it becomes really easy for the main contractor to go and take more projects without having to put their own money in for construction so how does it affect the payment times down the line because traditionally uh, you'd have a main contractor on a 30-day payments and these payments would get longer down the line to the subcontractor to say 54 days 90 days um, how does the system uh, improve on that i know a lot of subcontractors uh, really they pay their their labor on a weekly basis and sometimes have to wait 90 days to get paid from a main contractor um, how could they get down to maybe 14 day payments so uh, uh, i can see two separate uh, things in this question that you asked and if i understand it correctly you are one is the payroll bit of it and second is the difference in credit terms between developer and main contractor and the main contractor and the subcontractor so if i take one of them first let's talk about the payment terms between the main contractor and subcontractor now these payment terms generally would be longer uh, considering that uh, the time period between uh, the acceptance of work and approval of the subcontractor invoice by the main contractor uh, aggregation of all the works of the subcontractor and then a combined payment certificate request going up the chain to the developer so essentially there would be uh, still be a difference between the payment terms but generally what would happen is that uh, the due dates with extended payment terms of the subcontractor and the due date with a shorter payment term of the main contractor would coincide around the same time on the system for the payments to happen directly to the subcontractors you're taking into account that it takes longer for the subcontractor uh, uh, to get paid and it takes shorter for the main contractor to get paid but the subcontract invoice comes in a lot earlier into the system than a main contractor's invoice which comes in a lot later down the chain when a lot of work has been done and the, also a lot of work by multiple subcontractors has been done so essentially when you, you, when you use the system you'll see that it doesn't become a problem at all it, it automatically solves itself that sounds interesting to align the payment dates and as you say work still needs to be approved uh, certified um, you know I think it's does it provide opportunity for uh, say for example you was checking the work on a let's take an extreme example so a daily basis um, and you knew each at the end of each week that the quality of the work was uh was done uh to to the um to the specification and you know that you know they were on they were on target time wise um is the system able to set up to align payments on a weekly basis for example oh yeah so so there is no limitation on the number of payments that can go through uh a month on the system you can align it on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis, monthly basis. And if you want, you can align it like on a three-day basis as well. So so it's up to the contract and up to the developer, main contract and subcontractor as if 
when they want to execute the payments our experience has been that uh, the certifications go in between 25 to 30th of the month generally uh, in some cases it has been a 14 day payment cycle wherein the uh, certifications happen every 14 days uh, i haven't seen a shorter cycle going through the platform still it can go no one is doing it right now uh but if i talk about the payroll that i missed in the last answer that happens on a weekly basis okay mm-hmm. so there are there are payroll uh, so this chain where which starts from developer contract main contractor subcontractor can add a payroll provider down the chain as well so the payroll provider can actually see the money is going to come in from the developer direct so they can forward fund uh the payroll actually pay up uh the people on the weekly basis and wait for being paid by the developer direct that so sounds that, like a yeah that sounds like a massive step forward because it's always a problem with a, a from a subcontract perspective that they're they're paying uh, wages on a weekly basis say for bricklayers or carpenters etc yet they're waiting a long time and having to bankroll the project for maybe a couple of months before they get paid um and and that's always been a problem but if the system as you say can uh, the 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 specialist contractor can add a pay add his own can he add his own payroll to the to the system so that the money um uh, can filter down in time in order to pay his labor on time so we 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 cannot process payments to people uh, right now individuals right now uh, so a payroll provider coming in uh, at bottom of the chain and then paying the sub uh, the labor or the employees is what uh, the subcontractors are doing right now they 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 kind of employ a payroll company that does it for them and what we are doing with the payroll company right now is uh, they want us to put them within the chain uh, so they can have this clarity and confidence of moving ahead with payments uh uh and this but this cannot have uh we cannot give individual payments to individuals it has to be a company or a, a firm or an entity uh that we can pay to on on that basis where does the is it based on a is there a project bank account so that the contractor the developer the contractor the subcontractors um know that the money is there uh to to be drawn down um how does it work is it on a project bank account or is it some other system no so we don't need a project bank account for the system to work okay uh there gen- on all of the projects till date there is a funder funding the project on top of the chain so when the qs uh from the developer side says yes the work has been done and the valuation has been done and the ims from the funder comes in and uh, kind of validates the uh, the work done there is a pool of money sitting with the bank that they are going to release on the milestone and the subcontractors know that there is this bank sitting on top that is really credit worthy and uh, when the money is released by them no one in the chain can stop us from getting it uh, so yeah that's that's kind of uh, the assurance that the subcontractors have that they can see that the money is going to come direct from the developer's account to them once the uh once the funder releases it and in some cases it can come to their bank account directly from the funder so no in those cases no one in the chain 
can actually take the money out and use it for anything else and it will directly come to them yeah that's i i like that because it does prevent cash farming and robbing peter to pay paul on other projects something that is prolific in construction actually, actually i remember your story yeah about saint paul's that you told <laughs> I'd really love if you could bring that story in and tell everyone over here yes um so robbing peter to pay paul it goes back 400 years to when uh when when st paul's were being constructed they were borrowing money from st peter's to build st paul's so that's kind of where robbing peter to come uh, to pay paul comes from and it's still the same today so companies down the supply chain are robbing peter to pay paul so they're robbing from uh, uh or they're taking money out of other projects that they've got on to fund same materials on this project and when they get paid on this project they're going to use that money to fund uh the, the to pay for labor materials on another project so the, the the risk in fact there's a real risk for developers uh traditionally in that they don't appreciate that the money that they've paid their contractor is actually going out of their project and quite often you see the situation if a contractor goes bust he, he hasn't already paid the subcontractors and the developer loses that money because the money's leaked out of his project so i can see the advantages of this system is that your money's not going to leak out of the project it's going to be used for it what it's meant to be so it kind of brings a, um, a much more security for the funder for the developer and also for the supply chain because they know the money's they, they they've just got to really you know got to make sure they perform do the work um carry out their commitments and concentrate on the quality of their work and the money is there rather than the money going out of the project and then they're waiting on tender hooks for it to come back in so looping back to that uh, 10x growth thing now just think uh, a main contractor who has a lot of money in the bank account uh, going to a developer and bidding for a project but saying i'm not going to be transparent with you and a smaller contractor going who who is like one tenth of the size of this large contractor going in and saying, I'll be transparent with you on this system. I'll give you the ability to just get a new contractor in. If I go bust, you will have all the information uh, about all the payments and you will own everything that the subcontractors have done. Who will the developer choose? Someone who's being honest with them and has the ability to deliver or someone who says, I'm not going to let you know anything about what I'm doing. Just look at my book and be happy. That's how they yeah. get larger projects. And we have actually helped contractors win huge projects, like with, with a balance sheet of half a million, uh, when a project worth uh, 10 million to be delivered in a year. That's amazing. That's a complete revolution. Like Uber, like large taxi companies kind of having monopoly over the market and then Uber coming in and saying, anyone with a car can actually give you the service why why hmm. create a bottleneck around uh things artificial bottlenecks so that's what's happening in construction as well people with the ability and the intent to deliver are not being allowed to deliver on the projects while uh someone would be taking advantage of the developer uh by not letting uh, them see what's happening in the project. They were, we are changing it. We, we are revolutionizing the way construction works right now. We are democratizing it in a way that it has never been done before.
I love that term democratizing it. Uh, I, I, I hadn't seen it done like that before. I hadn't seen the opportunity, uh, not as sophisticated as as you're discussing there with uh, with N Fund. I can see that it de-risks the project. Um, there are contractors out there, large contractors out there that their business plan requires them to put money through the books because they do use their funds for cash farming. I call it cash farming. I don't mean that necessarily derogatory, but it's they, they get paid, they go and buy developments, and then they bring money back into the system, into the product projects. And the, sometimes that's how they remain competitive for work. But their main uh, business model isn't necessarily that they want to be constructors or con uh, builders they're they're investors and they just they are um, obviously listed as contractors but their main model is to get as much money through the books as possible now i like i'm not a keen fan of that personally um, because i don't think it has the best interests at heart for the quality and the delivery of the creation of wealth in the community as a whole and down the line and um, you know i like the idea that that you've come up with here of transparency um, do you have any objections do you see any objections from contractors whereby using the system they're not getting the turnover through their books they're not getting the transparent they're not getting the uh, volume of turnover that maybe a um, they would normally need if they wanted to fund their projects. Have you come across that or is that a problem or is there an accounting method of getting around that? So the way the system works, the even though the payment is going direct, the turnover is still going through the contractor's book. It's just that uh, they're asking the payment to go direct. So we, we mm. do not uh, reduce the amount of turnover that goes through any contractor's book. So no matter how big the contractor, they can use it and still have the same amount of uh, of turnover going through their books. Uh, what we are doing is making everyone safe, not just the developers, but the contractors as well. Just think of a situation mm -hmm. wherein uh, the developer isn't late in paying the main contractor and the main contractor is getting all these calls from subcontractors and the you don't want to have a friday evening answering 50 calls and saying yeah it's going to come in the contractor has to take these calls what can he do he has to maintain the relationship he has to maintain the morale uh, in in the supply chain and he, uh, what we are doing is essentially taking it off the head of the main contractor altogether the main contractor and this is we have seen this on a project okay there will be instances where there would be late payments there would be a signature missing somewhere there would be a strong date somewhere in a payment certificate or the qs will come up with some questions that need to be answered uh, there would be situations where delays would happen okay but when an end fund is in place the subcontractors can see that they are going to be paid direct and they actually are not calling this main contractor all the time they are they have this confidence that they will be paid and so it becomes really easy and it really becomes safe for the main contractor to actually work on any project if n fund is involved uh, if i take an example of one of the main contractors they were doing two projects uh, simultaneously one was on n fund and the other one was not the one that wasn't on n fund is now in litigation uh, and 
the and the contractor said i should have seen the red flag over there when i asked the developer to put this on nfund and they said no if you are not ready to be transparent that means you're hiding something why else would you say no to a system that's fair to you and me both so so essentially what nfund is doing is uh making sure that everything that's in the contract is done the contract says you're supposed to treat all your suppliers uh, fairly. The contract says you're supposed to pay on time and everything, right? What Enfund essentially is doing is be transparent about it. If And if if a contractor says, no, I won't be transparent with you, that's something they are hiding. If the developer says, no, I won't be transparent with you, I want you to handle all the subcontractors and their calls when I actually don't pay you on time, yeah, don't work with such a developer. As simple as that. Or if you are a developer and the contractor says, no, I won't be transparent with you. I'm going to take your money and to hell with it. I'll do it whatever I want with it. Right. I think it's a real game changer and it's something yeah. that can change the culture, you know, to make it much more transparent. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be transparent. Have you found that the contract terms around payment or any of the contract terms that you're your contract in, in username fund is has changed? Do you think the contract terms over payment become easier? They stay in the same or do you think there's room for improvement? No, there is definitely room for improvement. So generally what we have seen is uh, on the first project when a developer and a contractor do what use and fund, they generally use the standard contract terms with 30 day valuations. Okay. But uh, they quickly realized that with and fund, they can have uh, smaller valuation cycles, say 14 days valuation cycles, and actually exploit the best out of it. It's up mm. to the contractor and the developer to have uh, the payment cycles uh, working around the way they make the contract. We don't change the way contracts are written. Uh, but what we have seen is uh, because of this digital technology that allows them to exploit the best out of shorter payment cycles, generally on the second project, some some of the companies they prefer to go on shorter shorter cycles of 14 days certifications like two certifications in a month one of the things that is spoken around quite often on the on that issue around payment cycles is moving towards um micro milestones so we'll have milestone payments but more of them so there's quite key points in a project uh, where you might might want to pay more regularly. Um, it may be for the delivery of certain goods, manufactured goods, materials. Um, it could be any number of things, but micro micro milestones also is a is a good way of of managing the program. So would would N fund uh, be able to accommodate micro milestones or milestone? Let's say milestone payments generally and then maybe would it have the flexibility to do in some level of shorter milestones if if that was required uh the short answer is yes uh and fund can do that uh and i'll give a very very long answer as well that's the that's based on the kind of economic situation that we are seeing today so uh what we are seeing is the lead times for delivery of uh supplies is really really long right now and mm -hmm. 
if you are late in ordering or if you are late in giving the deposit or if you're late in giving the last payment to a window supplier or brick supplier you may end up looking at uh, 24 weeks 30 weeks lead times and if if you don't do it on time uh, this might increase so the best way going forward is to get all your procurement sorted really really quickly and in a most frictionless manner and i think micro payments is very important in in those cases so delivery right now is not just dependent delivery of the project uh, is not just dependent upon how quickly and how well uh, people work on the project it's now also dependent upon how quickly can you get your uh, goods delivered on the site and that needs uh, a bit of agility and a bit of flexibility on part of all the parties in the supply chain and that brings in your point of micropayments which can solve it if you if you look at micropayments uh, and look at it from the perspective of three years ago uh, i don't think any would have really cared uh, before covid for uh, delays in and deliveries because everything was smooth and sorted it's not now and you need to be uh, on your game in terms of ordering what you want and for that you need to be agile and for that you need micropayments do you think the this agility that you mention in the management of the project um how is that do you, how is that um how do you think m fund and bringing that agility in and, and and you pointing out the really important um matter of long lead times and making sure that you've got your payments and your deliveries sorted out how do you think that may be changing the way we manage product projects and how would how would m fund be managed from that high developer because it seems to me that at that level where you've got the you've got the the, the, the developer kind of the heartbeat of pumping the cash flow if you like like the heart pumps the oxygen the blood with the oxygen around the body to where it wants when it's needed um how do you feel that m fund may be bringing about change in the way that we manage product projects so See, agility along with it brings a lot of overhead. And for a developer to do micropayments uh, and for to shorten the lead times, they would need to be involved in seeing where the money is going. Is it going to the bricks guys? Is it going to the windows guys? Uh, doing, uh, doing once a payment certificate a month kind of reduces their overhead cost of oversight. Okay, and having multiple payments, micropayments across the month would increase their uh, oversight overhead substantially. Where NFUND comes in is it can allow them to do all of these micropayments without increase in their overhead of overseeing this because of our digital technology that kind of gets the data from across the supply chain and eliminates the need of uh incurring this huge cost of oversight because we are kind of giving that oversight to them in terms of direct payments so when they say i'm i'm paying you for this bricks i need to get the bricks on site asap uh that's where the payment is going if you are paying for windows and you want the windows to be on your site as soon as possible that's where the payment is going through and fund so we are kind of eliminating the need of oversight in terms of you pay the main contractor and then you kind of worry about whether the money is going where it's supposed to go or not 
So without end fund, if you do micro payments, if you kind of want to be really agile in ordering things, it would be a huge overhead and most of the developers would not want it. And that's why it has not happened till date. With end fund, you can be really agile without incurring this overhead and, and do all these payments. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Nishant, you know, with the cost of micro payments, because there's been a huge amount of research into micro payments going back some some time. And I, th I think it's an amazing way to link it into managing the uh, program on projects, um, you know, planning ahead. Uh, but again, it's been prohibitive in terms of cost. This could be the door that opens up to a whole new world of how we actually run run product projects and 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 how we structure ourselves as a as a um as a sector um so yeah I'd, I'd i'd love to have a look at that to see how that works and maybe join the dots up with some of the research that's going on on site for the way that we we program in works we program in subcontractors and we sequence the works micro micromanagement micropayments uh, would would actually allow us to um, make the most out of developing technologies such as um, you know on-site 3d cameras and cameras that can actually model progress on site and feed that back into the system and I can see that joy you know some of the joints with with a product like uh, M fund and some of the other products with its because it's becoming more digital could be joined up in the future and make things a lot more efficient. One of the things that I've been looking at lately is the issue around delay and disruption and keeping records. So in as, as many listeners will know, in the, there's a lot of experts in the field of law and adjudication and looking at disputes with extensions of time, etc. know how complex that can get and it's about record keeping and not always the records are kept and when they are kept they're not they're not always great so we're actually leaving it to the the adjudicator of the courts or the expert witnesses to go back two months three months six months you know how can you work out the cause and effect of something that happened six months ago where the records are not great but i can see that with with this more digi digitization that 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 can be improved in fact i'm looking at a system at the moment which is for specialist contractors where they can they can plan and quite simply record the right information at the right time on site it's called pva and it's planned over actual and nice and simply they just keep the records and then that can go into the system to work out loss and expense payments it can feed into uh, you know a system like yours which would be in fact that does bring me on to a point and a question i want to ask you is how does it deal with um you know variations in terms of uh cost variations on site and adjustments to to how those those accounts are, are managed does that get managed inside m fund or is that something that's an interface uh so it's Variation is an interesting topic. Uh, uh, after you have signed a contract and when you are, if the developer comes up with a new request that I want to change this, which often happens, or the prices in the market go up, uh, variations will come in. I haven't seen a fixed price contract that was delivered on fixed price yet. So there will be variations. 
the thing about variations is that's where uh, the problem of trusts come in. So if the main contractor or the developer doesn't trust the main contractor as in what they are asking for in terms of increase in work or increase in uh, the material that would be needed, uh, and fun kind of solves it. So variation happens outside of the platform. You discuss the variation outside of the platform uh, that this is going to cost more because uh, we are going to actually pay more for the material because of whatever changes you have asked for. What Enfant does is allows the developer to be safe in terms of their paying for the material direct on Enfant. So it's easier for them to say yes. Now, it's not always the case that the developer wants to save a bit of money here and there. It's about trust. So if they can, if they can clearly see that this is exactly what is being paid for, uh, they'll pay it. And we have actually seen this happen on the system wherein the developer agreed for increase in the costs. Uh, I will go loop back to the those uh, the payments again. What we have worked uh, we have worked on a project wherein we asked the contractor to kind of break down uh, the money that was going to go out for the materials rather than paying it every two months we asked them to kind of break it down at 15 15 15 day terms so that the payment goes going out reduces the total net outstanding reduces for every party and there are deliveries that are constantly happening if this is followed it's easier to kind of tackle increase in prices because the increases in price is going to kind of hit a smaller package of payment that may hit at the later of the chain rather than you holding on to payment uh, for two months and then a bulk of your payment actually being mm. hit by increase in prices. So uh, what we generally also uh, see uh, is that breaking down your payment schedule in smaller payments actually helps. Uh, you manage the price and revisions because the revision doesn't happen on a bulk of your procurement, but a small part of your procurement that's going through in that cycle. Absolutely. And that gets back to that. We discussed about flexibility, um, you know, and payments for supplies direct. It hasn't got to go all the way down through so many different hands to get to the supplier before they release. And you could miss a delivery date if it's something that's in manufacturing, you could miss it. But you could set that supplier up on the system uh, at the beginning, I, I should imagine. Yeah. And, uh, you can set uh, the supplier up at any point of time. So yeah. uh, generally, uh, when the project starts on Enfund, you start with the developer and the contractor. And as the pr project progresses, we keep on adding suppliers. Uh, most of the times they are added when the job they did or the material they supplied is part of the milestone payment that's coming next. That's when we generally onboard them. So we don't need to onboard all the supplier in one go. We can onboard them on the go as the project progresses. And you can change the suppliers as well. So you might start a project off with keeping one supplier in mind for windows but in somewhere down the line before the window payment has been done or the contract signed uh, you find a better supplier who is doing it for cheaper or in a better quality you can of course use a second supplier the, the system works with any supplier that you add so when you mentioned around scalability um you know it's one thing to talk financially a developer doing say half a million or 
you know, uh, a million pounds worth of development. And then they increased to so many millions very quickly using N-Fund. Um, how, how do they scale up in terms of supply chain? You know, because it's quite, takes a long time to develop a supply chain, uh, suppliers that are used to working with each other. And contractors are usually very, um, and I can't say I blame them, possessive of their supply chain because they take a lot of work and effort to pull a supply chain together. Um, how do you scale? How do you have you seen the contractors scale their supply chain so quickly uh, and be successful in that? It all boils down to trust. You need a long time to set up your supply chain because it takes a long time for subcontractors to trust you. And once they trust you, they work with you on projects. What we are doing on Enfund is giving the subcontractor trust that the main contractor is not going to hold on to their payment. Even if it's a new main contractor, I am a, I, I am a, a, a bricks supplier or any other uh, subcontractor. And there's a new main, new main contractor I need to work with. The first thing that I will think about is, is this guy going to hold on to my payments once he's paid? But mm. if I'm on Enfund, I clearly see that no one in the chain is holding on to my payments. As soon as they are released, I'm getting them direct. It becomes really easy for me to say yes and give the best rates uh, for the project. Because now I am depending upon the developer who's doing the project and the bank that's funding the project. And the bank and the developer and all the equity investors on top, they want me paid. They don't want Absolutely. me to be starving, right? If if yeah. If there's a system that ensures my survival is directly related to the profits of the guys with the money on top of the chain, yeah, I will do that. So coming back to the scalability issue, if you're ready to give trust, if you're ready to be on and fund, not hide things, anyone will work with you. I would, wouldn't you? Yeah, it sounds, it's a lot more attractive. And I've actually tested this kind of idea uh, of, of paying supply chains directly from a, a project bank account perspective, not as technical as the uh, as streamlined and, and, and digitized as, as, as the system you've got now. And I've found that contractors and subcontractors, particularly subcontractors or specialist contractors, should we say, uh, you know, they said, this is brilliant because I know the money's going to be there, you know, and if it's coming yeah. to me direct, I'd rather work with this contractor. And I think also, because what I find with specialist contractors or subcontractors uh, is that sometimes they're small, they're very, very small businesses. They may be businesses where the tradesman, a tradesman has, has stepped up and developed a business out of his, his work. And he might not necessarily have the, uh, the coding and the accounts coding in place. And he may not have necessarily separated his project bank account from his operations bank account or his general bank account. And do you see this as something that if they sign up to, if they're a subcontractor on this system, it will help them to, or will they have to have uh, an accounting um, references and codes in place? Or is this something that they would get as a result of signing up to, um, and to, to, yeah. to the system, yeah. So so uh, what Enfund would give them is a complete set of accounts for all the payments that are coming through Enfund. So they can straight away download the report and send it to 
their accountant or auditor, whoever it might be. Okay, but they still need to have a separate accounting software. It can be Zero or QuickBooks or Sage or whatever they are using uh, in terms of managing their general accounting. So we do not do general accounting mm. uh, for the subcontractors. They will still need to do that themselves. But all the accounting and the ledger entries for everything that happens on and fund when the money is coming down the chain, we, we do it on and fund. They can download it from there. Yeah, that, that that's going to help a lot. One of the things yeah. I'm helping uh, sub, subcontractors with is to organize their record keeping. Uh, record keeping of keeping records on site, uh, making sure that they've got separate codes for separate jobs and they, they've, they're separating out types of expenditure on, on each, each of the jobs and, and record keeping. So if there's any delays on site or they're, they're given an instruction on site that they're recording that. And I've got a system, which is PVA, which I'm looking to roll out with the, uh, with subcontractors and I think if they have that system as well that can link into very well with the M fund I think it works both ways a the subcontractor work, wants to work with a contractor that's got that's 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 working on the M fund system and the other way around as well the contractor uh, and a developer would want to work with a subcontractor that's also got some level of um, organized record keeping uh process software uh the other way so we're kind of developing uh from both you know so kind of i think it always that with these things it works both ways you know if you're scaling you do need to have con subcontractors that understand the importance of keeping records keeping the right records at the right time so we're not in a position where we well, we don't know who's because, you know, it's all very well to have cash to flow and to have a wonderful system. But if we don't know who's owed what and why, we don't know what caused a delay or who's in, who's who's kind of responsible for a delay because we haven't we haven't kept the record on a daily basis. Then then, of course, we don't know what to plug in the system because we're we're going to be trying to work out um, what the cause and effect was and and uh where the delay came from so so one of the way the things i'm looking at from the other end with the subcontractors which should help contractors scale if they're using m funder they want to scale and they want a reliable uh, supply chain because they're going to have to because you spoke about trust uh with the supply chain and the contractor uh, but if you're scaling that quickly you're going to be working with you're going to need to be finding new subcontractors um and new supply chains and they're going to have to gel quickly so yeah. one of the things I'm working with is the other way so that the subcontractors are ready to scale and, and to slot into this scalability that's coming and this revolution that's coming in the way that we manage and, and fund and cash flow projects. So, so one great thing about Enfund is that if there's a subcontractor who is working on Enfund on one project, they can easily easily work with any contractor that's working on and fund on any other project so uh it's kind of like if you are and fund compatible mm. you can work with other and fund compatible contractors and subcontractors so your pool to select from increases substantially as soon as uh you are on and fund what would you be looking for to identify somebody whether it's a contractor uh or 
actually let's go with a subcontractor first what would you be looking at from a subcontractor to 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 um deem them as m fund compatible so one they they need to be ready to use the m fund system to get paid uh second is uh if we are bringing them on and fun and they are working on a project the contractor needs to be happy in terms of their ability uh to use them as the subcontractor because that's the most important bit over there one part is uh, we are solving the problem of getting paid but the second bit is actually delivering the work uh and that the subcontractor has to do themselves so they need to be good at what they are doing and mm -hmm. they actually are actually are good at what they are doing what yeah. happens often is the money bet uh creates a lot of problems so if you don't get the money for material on time and someone is pushing you to deliver something you might somehow deliver but you know and they know it's going not going to stand when it comes to quality inspections and then they are going to blame the subcontractor for a shoddy work that they did and the subcontractor is going to blame them that you didn't know you know paid for it this is what you get if you don't pay for it mm -hmm right so so that's what we are solving so you need to be good at what you are doing and uh, we are we'll be good at getting you paid exactly and that's yeah. always been my argument for years that you know contractors should be good at building buildings um we're not and, and going back to what you said at the beginning you know we shouldn't really expect them to be cash flow experts or finance experts we just expect them to build really good buildings good quality and on time you know and if we can allow them to just focus and concentrate on that then we take care of the uh with using um systems like m fund we take care of moving the cash um it's got to be much 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 more efficient hasn't it yeah exactly exactly it's it's all about money it's all about money absolutely well it's been an absolute pleasure listening to it so could you give a few uh pointers to maybe a contractor uh subcontractors listening as 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 how uh, I, I think you've covered most of the you know you've given a, a lot of tips and and ideas but somebody that hasn't used end fund before and they're thinking of uh you know they think this is a great idea it's a great conversation they'd like to be involved uh where can they find out more um about so, mfund oh they can they can set up a meeting with us from our website or uh we provide a link uh with this podcast as, as well wherein they can go on the link and and then book a meeting with us uh and we are more than happy uh to take our time out and work with you help you understand it how it works generally what we have seen is it takes us less time to get them on boarded and working on enfund than it takes for us to explain to them what enfund does once they see the link they click it and they they on boarded it's so quick it lets it takes less than 2 minutes it's like creating a gmail account it's as simple as that Oh, well, or sounds, if you if you have right. a Google account, you can just click sign up with Google or sign in with Google, yeah. and it signs you up. So you don't actually even have to put in a lot of details that are needed over there. Is there a minimum size of project that this would uh, benefit at all to start with? So somebody, a contractor that wanted to thinks is a great principle, great idea, wants to scale his business. Um, you know, is there a minimum? uh turnover to start with or can he can he kind of 
win a project and 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 get on with it or how does it work so uh there is no minimum requirement uh from anfun but there might be a requirement from the developers uh what we have seen is that uh when the developer is using anfun they do not have very stringent requirement in terms of the minimum work that you have done the day they go with lower value of work to select main contractors and so you can actually get a, a much bigger project with anfun than what you would normally get what but it depends upon the developer because they would be choosing the main contractor what yeah, we sure. want from a main contractor is experience and a good track record yeah yeah gotcha so we so are not asking you are not asking so you can your books don't matter your ability matters would em fund worked with a modular scheme yeah it does it does work with the modular scheme we are working with certain uh modular providers uh on the market already and uh one of the great things about em fund is that it's kind of solving that uh problem with modular wherein developers are worried about giving advances because mm. the the rooms are being made in a factory and if they're paying the main contractor they're not actually paying the factory guys so they actually don't own the rooms that are there in the factory but within fun when they pay direct they actually own what's there on the ground mm. so that yeah. actually solves a big problem that lies with modular wherein uh, rather than uh, work happening on the site and everything being delivered on the site you have a lot of control over what's happening with modular uh it's a quantum jump that happens in terms of construction when the entire bit is delivered and you pull it on a crane and it's kind of fit on top of oh, the previous floor right so so that quantum jump in terms of delivery can be managed in terms of vesting with enfund ah so that's really interesting that has always been a problem the vesting issue yeah. you know uh for a long for many many years as far back as i can remember and if m fund addresses that issue which it sounds like it's possibly got a solution to it uh that that's amazing and that's something you know even, even when it's not a modular if someone delivers bricks on your site okay yep. uh you still haven't put them on in in they're still lying there okay yep. if you paid the contractor but the contractor hasn't paid the brick supplier the bricks still don't belong to you even though you paid for the bricks to yeah. the main contractor they don't belong to you that's exactly. the problem yeah if 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 it's like not bricks but the entire room that is there in being built in the factory for which you paid to the contractor but the the supplier was never paid you don't own a big chunk of what's being built how does that work contractually uh i suppose you would have to look at the from a standard form of contract maybe have to look at some of the vesting clauses etc in the way that they're currently written um in terms of paying the factory direct in fact the contract would there be a separate contract between the developer and the supplier and would the contractor still get his markup i suppose that's one of the questions i suppose with the contractor is that he's looking for a markup on on the 
on 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 the work you know um so how would that how would that be have you come across that at all from a contractual perspective i know that's a bit of a minefield and probably haven't got much time to delve into it today but have you come across yeah. that at all so so if if i uh, uh try concisely try to answer that the contractors still get their get their markup uh, only the thing that's supposed to be paid direct to the suppliers would go direct to markup and the profits and overheads go to the main contractor uh, we don't change any contract. If it's a JCT contract between mm -hmm. the developer and the main contract, it stays that. Whatever there's the contract between the main contract and the supplier remains that we don't change it. Uh, oh, the vesting certificates are also provided by the main contractor uh, to the developer. What we are ensuring is that everything is paid for. Because if everything is not paid for, uh, even if you have a contract, you don't own it. If the, the bit about contract is it can only exist if both parties are delivering on what they're supposed to deliver. Like the supplier is giving you the material and they are getting money against it. If one bit doesn't happen, the contractual obligations have not been completed. So we don't change the contractual obligations. We don't change the contract. We just make sure that uh, the money moves and reaches where it is supposed to for that contract to be valid have you got time for a quick fire round yeah yeah go on to finish off so this is just a bit of fun but it's more you know to more about inspiration and, and motivation and learning more about you as well and it, i know it's one that listeners love this part of it as well so um here we go so first question nishant how do you start your day mm -hmm. Well, uh, I start my day thinking about my business. So <laughs> I wake <laughs> up. The first thing that happens is, okay, what I, what am I going to do when I start my uh, office? And, and it stays with me throughout my daily routine. Yeah. When are you most productive? I'm most productive at two times in the day. One is like uh, at the starting of the office time and one is at the end. Uh, because well, at the starting, I want to really do a lot of things. And the end, at the end of the day, I'm panicking about not having done all of that. And so <laughs> the two bits are most productive. <laughs> What's something new happening in your life right now? So the payroll thing, uh, that, that's, that's something new that we are bringing in that we hadn't envisaged before. Uh, and we had this meeting with the payroll company and they said, we want to be part of this chain. And the chain is now extending down like multiple tiers. Uh, and that's amazing. And we want people to be paid that was the whole idea we want money to be uh in people's pockets rather than uh, being held in some big corporation what does adventure look like to you well with this roller coaster ride of the startup uh the only uh, yeah i i think this has been really adventurous this like sticking your head out with an idea saying this is how uh things should work and opening up yourselves to criticism and opening yourselves to failure uh and keep failing till like you get your first customer who says wow i loved it so that entire journey of failing being criticized and still having the guts to say no i know i will change it i will pivot it i will I will chisel this idea a little bit more and bring it in the shape that yet yeah, works. That 
that journey of is a roller coaster ride and that's a huge adventure what thing would you love to do that might surprise your friends and family i really really want uh to do some adventure sport i haven't ever done adventure sports in my life i'm not that kind of a person but i think if i start doing it my friends and family would really be surprised and i want to do it like paragliding or something name a challenge you overcame that changed your life uh, i think the biggest challenge was moving uh from a mindset wherein i was doing it all myself and uh thinking that i'll do it all myself to a fr frame of mind wherein i'm making it more collaborative now bringing in vc funds bringing in partners to actually deliver it that change of mindset uh happened after a huge challenge of being stuck in a specific size of business for a long period of time and that's when i thought i need to pivot to a more uh collaborative approach and making a business rather than doing it yourselves who or what inspires and motivates you uncle scrooge <laughs> 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 nice answer i like that one <laughs> what does success mean to you well if i my friends and my family all are successful then i'm successful and what advice would you give to your young self uh decide and be wrong rather than keep thinking and decide the right thing amazing well nishan it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast so much information there all right groundbreaking stuff thank you so much thanks a lot stuart it was great speaking with you you've been listening to construction cash flow hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so so you never miss an episode and remember the faster cash flows the faster wealth grows